to the MASA podcast. I'm Tiffany, a member of MASA's external committee and your host for today's episode. Today, our guest speaker is Jill Harper. She has several years of experience in the actuarial software industry and currently holds the position of Director, Senior Programming Leader and Actuary at Moody's Analytics. At the present time, she is on the Canadian Institute of Actuaries board. Hello, Jill. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Today, as we will talk about Jill's career, she will walk us through her road to becoming an actuary. She will also talk about what it means to be an actuary at an actuarial software firm. We will also discuss about the value of volunteering and much more. So Jill, could you tell us about yourself and your career path? Sure. So I have a fairly unconventional career path. I started off at, I guess, Queen's University studying mathematics. And I didn't even know what an actuary was at the time. So I was just studying pure math. And I decided at some point along the way that I wanted to become a lawyer. And I thought that I would differentiate myself from other lawyers by getting an education in biology. So I started taking a, a minor in biology during my undergrad. But I decided that wasn't going to be enough. So I thought I should go on and do a, a master's degree to have a little bit more ability to differentiate myself from other lawyers. And in order to get into grad school and, and make my application strong, I looked for a volunteer position. And I ended up picking my favorite professor in the biology department. He was the professor of biostatistics. And I volunteered to work for his lab. And after a few months, he actually hired me to do some computer programming work on a, a piece of software that he had created for him by another student in the past. So I worked with him for a little bit. And as I approached the end of my undergrad, I asked him to be my master's supervisor. And he agreed, along with another professor from the math department. So I was co-supervised by the two departments and ended up doing a master's degree in biomathematics. When I finished that, I decided to move back to the West Coast and felt like I needed a bit of a break from school and a little bit of time to save money for law school. So I decided to look for work for a few years. And it wasn't the greatest time. 2009 was during the financial crisis. So there wasn't a lot of work available for people with master's degrees in biomathematics. <laughs> I did find some part-time work doing statistics for stroke research, which actually turned out to be a lot of computer programming again, but it wasn't enough to pay the bills. So I got a job serving at a restaurant as well. And one day I was working over lunch and I ended up meeting the, the president of a small software firm. And we kind of got talking about programming because I did enjoy programming quite a lot. And he ended up arranging for me to have an interview and eventually the firm hired me as a programmer. Now, it turned out that this software firm produced pension administration software, and there was a small component of the software platform that did actuarial calculations. And of course, with my math background, I was eventually assigned to work on that component. I really liked that part of the work. I, I kind of learned over time that general computer programming is fairly repetitive and often not super exciting or interesting, but the actuarial part of it sort of bringing in my math background was really engaging for me. So 
I asked the president, who was an actuary himself, for his support and, and decided to pursue my actuarial designations that way. So that was sort of the first time when I even learned what an actuary really was. I did that for a few years, but like I mentioned before, I found the actuarial programming so much more interesting than the general programming, and this was a general software firm. So in 2015, I moved to a company called GGY, which is the company that I now work for. We were soon acquired by Moody's, and we produce a software platform called Axis, which is purely actuarial. It's a, it's a platform that actuaries use to do their work. So I was able to focus completely on actuarial programming rather than mixing it in with general programming. And that's where I am today. So Jill, I noticed that you like to touch on a lot of things. At first you wanted to be a lawyer and then you went into pure math as well as biology, into programming and then on the actual side. So what drives you to be a jack of all trades? Well, I think that there's sort of two things. One, I'm very curious about the world and that's often paid off. Uh, I find sort of being curious and interested in different things leads to opportunities that can be really cool. So there's a part of me that's just generally curious and <laughs> I like to explore new things. But beyond that, I think that keeping an open mind and having skills that enable you to take opportunities when they come really opens a lot of doors that wouldn't otherwise be open. I found this over and over again. For example, having a little bit of computer programming from high school got me a lab position and then later helped me to get a job at a software firm, even though my education wasn't in computer programming at all. So I found repeatedly throughout life that having different skills and interests pays off when you least expect it. Wow, what an atypical path that led you to where you are now. So our audience probably wants to know what is an actuarial software firm? What kind of departments and actuarial positions are there? So I'm not sure that actuarial software firm is even an official term. <laughs> It's certainly a very niche area. There aren't a lot of firms producing actuarial software out there, but I guess generally it's a, a firm producing software that is used for actuarial work. Uh, that's certainly what the Axis platform is used for. There are kind of three primary actuarial roles within our area of Moody's, uh, the area working on the Axis software platform. Those are programmers, so what I do, writing the actual code that you know generates the results that other actuaries need to do their work. There are also testers, so people who look at the software from a user's perspective and try to make sure that it does what it's supposed to do, that the programmers haven't made a mistake somewhere, things like that. And then we have client support actuaries. So these are people that work with our clients, those people that are using the software and uh, help them to understand the results that they're seeing, uh, work through any questions or potential enhancements that they want to see in the software. We also have a few other roles that are, are less common, things like marketing or sales or, or leadership roles. And then there are a number of non-actuaries that are part of our team that kind of support the rest of us. So these people are systems programmers, uh, admin people, and QA, quality assurance testers. So what your company does is a very niche part of the actuarial industry. 
What would you say are the skills and qualities required to work at Moody's Analytics? Well, Moody's and, and then the Moody's Analytics portion of Moody's are huge. <laughs> so I'll focus only on, on our team in particular. And really, the, the number one thing, as far as I'm concerned, is problem-solving skills. We get such a, a variety of challenges and problems to think about and being able to be creative and approach a problem from different angles is the most important thing. Beyond that, I think some some sort of curiosity and general interest in continuous learning is, is also really important. I'm constantly trying to keep pace with the actuarial industry as a whole because we have many different clients that are focusing on different things and have different needs. So we kind of need to keep an eye on the whole entire thing. And then we also need to keep an eye on the programming side. So advances in technology. So there's a lot to, to keep up with. And it's really important that you like to learn and <laughs> like to, to keep pace with the, the current trends to work in a, a role like this. So would you say that to work at Moody's it is as important to have softer skills such as communication skills and harder skills such as programming? You know what? The cool thing about our team is that we have a whole bunch of different types of people. <laughs> so it really depends on what you want to do. Communication is always going to be important. There's no, no programming role that you just sit there in isolation and program and don't have to communicate at all. It's always going to be important to have some communication skills, but depending on your interests, they may be more or, or less important. So the cool thing, I guess, is that you can kind of choose what fits you the best. Mm, that's great. And could you share some challenges that you have faced throughout your career? Well, I would say early on, the biggest challenge that I faced was getting taken seriously. To be honest, there may have been a gender component to this, but I think it was also just my age. I was pretty young <laughs> in a firm of people that were all much older than me. And so I really had to work hard to, to prove myself. That kind of led me into another challenge, which I would say is the biggest challenge that I faced in my entire career. I kind of got myself into the habit of working not just hard, but to extremes. I got in the habit of doing extreme levels of overtime and being kind of pushed into agreeing to very unsustainable deadlines. And you can do overtime for a little bit, but you can't sustain that for a long time. And I kind of convinced myself, I guess, that if I just kept meeting the latest sort of unreasonable expectation, I would be rewarded eventually. And I ended up causing myself some serious health damage. and really costing my personal life as well. So I learned from this experience, uh, of course, there just is no way that your contributions will be valued if they're, if they require the cost to your health. So I've really learned to set careful boundaries and consider this carefully when thinking about the environment that I want to work in. Uh, and at Moody's, you are leading a team of actuaries. What are the highlights of your job and the lowlights? For highlights, I would say the smart people that I work with. They're all super interesting people and super open-minded, great problem solvers, <laughs> unsurprisingly. And, and it's such a, a, an incredible team to work with. Um, so I really love that. 
I have a, a great work-life balance, as, as I mentioned, that's something that I value. And then most importantly, perhaps, is that the work is super engaging and challenging. I'm always dealing with a new problem. I don't sort of focus on one thing forever. I, I get to get quite a lot of variety and in my opportunities and, and in the problems that I'm looking at. In terms of lowlights, I'm not really sure. I I feel like I have a really interesting career. I have a lot of opportunities. My work's challenging. That can be mentally draining sometimes. And I have to keep up with a lot. But I love that. So <laughs> I, I have a hard time finding really any big negatives. Yes, the people you work with make a really big component of the work environment. And now let's talk about volunteering. You have volunteering experience in the actuarial world as well as outside of it. You received the Volunteer Award of Distinction from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries last year and the Outstanding Volunteer Award from the Society of Actuaries in 2020. Could you tell us about the advantages volunteering gave you in your career and give advice to students? Sure. Yeah, volunteering has been hugely important throughout my entire career. I think I mentioned already, volunteering for a biology professor back in university is what kind of got me on this path in the first place and gave me sort of my first taste of programming in a real world application as opposed to in the classroom. Um, but in general, volunteering has really forced me outside of my comfort zone and helped me to develop diverse skills that I don't necessarily practice in my work at, at any particular time. So doing that has kind of helped me gain skills that I wouldn't otherwise gain. And then that opens new opportunities and I can do new things in my career. And there's sort of some feedback, which is which is fantastic. The other thing I would say about volunteering is it's exposed me to a lot of wide perspectives and also generally to senior actuaries and, and senior leaders. And this has forced me to become a lot more comfortable speaking up and contributing, even when I'm the most junior person in the room, which is probably one of the most valuable skills that I've learned. From your time at university and your experience volunteering, you developed a diverse skill set. How did that help you in your career? When you do the same thing or roughly the same thing every day, you're going down one path in your career and you keep growing those skills and getting stronger at them. And then you move into more senior roles down that one path. But by volunteering and getting more diversity, I've opened up new paths for myself. So I've been able to do new things and quite often they complement each other. So I'm now in a leadership role and that has really come from gaining skills like communication skills that I wouldn't necessarily have gained if I had focused only on, on programming. Communication is important to some extent, but not as important as it is in, in a leadership role. So I guess that's one example. Thank you, Jill. That is really good advice. Do you have any other advice for aspiring actuaries and for women in STEM? Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing is not to let yourself get intimidated. Or if you feel intimidated, just push through it <laughs> and challenge yourself. I think it's very important to work hard. That's table stakes in any, any career that you work hard and do a good job. But also establish clear boundaries for yourself and stick to them. So that's something I, I learned very early on. 
And then beyond that, I would say keep an open mind and don't limit yourself to a narrow path. Look for opportunities to try new things that might be through volunteering and especially look for opportunities to challenge yourself outside of your your comfort zone. Because from what I found, you never know when a skill that you get in sort of an unusual way will pay off. Great, thanks. And what is something that you know now that you wish you knew as an undergraduate student? Probably the ability to set boundaries. <laughs> as I mentioned before, I actually had four part-time jobs during my undergrad <laughs> at, at some point. Um, I usually took six or seven courses more than the normal course load and, and really overdid it. And that's sustainable for a few years, but I learned bad habits and it eventually came back to bite me. So learning to relax and <laughs> enjoy myself a little bit more, maybe take a little bit longer to, to get through my education, I think would have benefited me. And if there are students in our audience that would like to ask you more questions, what is the best way for them to reach you? I think LinkedIn's probably the best way. I usually pay attention to it, so uh, LinkedIn is perfect. To conclude, in this episode, our guest speaker, Jill Harper, elaborated on her inspiring career path. She shared her knowledge of the actuarial software side, which is a niche sector of the actuarial industry, and shared her personal experience in this field. We also discussed about how volunteering, developing a diverse skill set, and staying curious is key. Finally, she gave advice on how to succeed by working hard, not letting ourselves get intimidated, and keeping healthy boundaries. Jill, thank you so much for being our guest speaker for this episode. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening and do not hesitate to reach us. All our socials are on the MASA website. On behalf of all of us from the MASA team, we wish you all the best of luck. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>